Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is the young Grognard, Grognard the Young, bringing it to you with another episode of the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign with the Queen Adventure Series and the quest, The Way of the Queen. In the last episode, we found out a bunch of dirty dealings in the town of Gabora. Our people are well on their way to finding out how to get a certain sapphire that they can use as an alchemical item for a certain spell from a certain wizard to catch a certain hydra. Um, turns out there's a bunch of different little clunky pieces that are going to make this a little bit more difficult of a process than not. So after meeting with Pyther in prison and after, after seeing that the priest had gone missing, uh, it seems like our party is at this point kind of in an interesting standstill where they have to get the sapphire and yeah. So I guess the last place we ended off was with Jarzak and Norhill in the prison area with Pyther. And so my question is, are you guys just going to walk out of there now? Or did you want to? Norhill just wants a quick description of the special bone melting acid. And also if Pyther has a way into his shop. Sure. So with that, Pyther just mentions that there's a key underneath like the front stairs. He says it's just latched in the back with a little bit of gum. and he says that's about it. He says he really doesn't have any traps or anything like that guarding the house. He says anybody who's willing to break in there probably already has the means to kill him. So he just figures it's kind of a silly thought of security to try to arm the place anything more than that. But he just mentions that that particular poison is in his like personal stash. And that's behind, I don't know, we'll, it doesn't really matter so much for the specifics. But he keeps it close enough to his bed that he's got a couple other little doozies in there. But, so. Yeah. Norhill, are we busting this guy out now? Or no, later? Now. That would raise the alarm. Right well, uh, wait here. Try not to get yourself executed. And so with that, Anton and Klika both show up at the front entrance to the barracks, and the same two dopey guards are like, hey, weren't you just here trying to meet with the uh, prisoner? And then the other one says, no, no, no. That's the one that's got the tall green guy and the little the little uh other guy. This is this is the tall other guy and the short green guy. They didn't go in yet. And so they say, Oh, well get in there. Come on. And they open the door and kind of like start to pull you guys into the room. And you walk in, and as you guys are kind of like thrust into the chamber, you hear one of them say, And potatoes went. 
everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, man, every time you tell that story, it gets better, I tell you. And so, yeah. Third time. <laughs> he says, that orc just slapped potatoes all over that guy. It was great. And you two hearing that, knowing that there's probably no other orcs in town, can only assume that something has happened in which potatoes may have hit a pyther. See, all Klika knows is that Jarzhak once again made a mess. <laughs> His translation. Oh, shit. <laughs> and so with that, uh, Norhill and Jarzak decided not to break him out. Nor- Norhill suggested that we don't break him out. Jarzak's going to at least take a look at the lock to see... I mean, it's it's sturdy. It's really well reinforced. Okay. It doesn't seem like some rinky-dink one. So, yeah, we definitely need a key for this or someone who actually knows what they're doing with locks because this just looks pretty strong. And so but... as, as Klika and Anton walk in, the guy who's telling the story turns to you two and he says, oh, man, you guys are going to love this. And he, like, kind of grabs you guys and he's like, come on, come on, come on. we got to go see if he's still got potatoes on it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And so he starts to kind of, like, hurry you guys down into the sub-basement where the uh, cells are. And as he bumps the door open, you guys can see Jarzak and Norhill talking to Pyther at the back of the hall. And the guard's like, oh, man, I hope you didn't clean him off. Did he clean him off? And he yells it down to Jarzak. No, I didn't take off his hands yet. No, the potatoes. Yeah, but if his hands are gone, there'd be no more potatoes on him. He's like, (laughs) I don't get it. And he says, all right, well, anyway, are you guys done here or what? They just got here. No, not them, you. Wait. Yeah, you. But no, now we're all here, so now we can talk to him finally. Oh, do you want me to leave you alone? That, yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. Okay. And so with that, as he turns quickly to leave the room, he kind of like bumps into the wall, and you hear the jingling of keys as they fall to the floor, and he says, oh, <laughs> I drop these keys like every single day. And he picks up the keys, and he puts them on his pocket again, and he goes. Hey, hey bud, hey, bud, come here. And so he closes the door and he starts walking towards it. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, did you find a potato? <laughs> I know. I was wondering if you have any more of that mushed potatoes. Uh, and he just starts fuddling around at his pockets. And in the most disgusting way possible, he lifts at his like coat pocket there, like by his breast. And he pulls out just another scoop. And he says, I always got some on me. Can you come make a sleight of hand check to yeah. try and take lift I, I was, the keys off of them? I was gonna say Jarzak like kind of points, like wraps an arm around, like points to the keys and like nods to Klika. It's like, oh yeah, hand those to me with his other hand out. I think Klika would have picked that up pretty quickly. So go yeah. ahead and roll that slight. I'm pretty sure this is the guy who dropped his dagger on me earlier. So. <laughs> I sure hope so. He wasn't paying attention because he was eating potatoes out of his pocket. It's like a go-gurt, and he's just squeezing his garlic potato pocket. <laughs> just looking at it. <laughs> That's only a 12. Just watch okay. this. I'm, I'm going to get him again. <laughs> okay, and so with that, as you grab at the keys in his pocket, uh, he sees that you're pulling at them and he he like slaps your hand he's like no the potatoes are up here you idiot and he takes the potatoes and he slaps them on your forehead and he's like hey ah, she got a potato on her head oh, and i i have a feeling no. we're gonna see a click meltdown real quick you know like those videos where they were putting like lunch meats on cats heads it's like that <laughs> like just click a just yeah just click a flaps like yeah, Jarzak just assumes that Klika's just going to try to stab this guy, so he's going to swing his axe at him. Uh, uh, like, uh, I think that is quite all right, Jarzak. 
Um, Norhill is going to give Klikon. No, 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 no. Well, hold on, hold on. I'll I'll give Norhill a perception check. We'll let you have an opportunity to pick up the fact that Jarzak's reaching behind for the axe real quick. Never mind. Jarzak's made enough messes that Uh, it's Klika mad. Norhill is just going to give Klika like I don't know, like, like a damp, like a damp uh, handkerchief, I guess, to try to clean it all. Well, I mean, I'll say that in the in the heat of the moment, where this guy just like whacks a handful, and Kleeka just reels back for a moment of like six dimension delving for just a sec, <laughs> and like sees into an alternate plane, just <laughs> yeah, totally disassociates, like comes out of her body. Yeah, with that, Anton well, and Jarton, Anton and Norhill have the moment of like, oh, honey, and they both like slowly like have a moment to kind of register how she. He's reacting to this, and Jarzak is just assuming there's going to be a dagger. Uh, so Jarzak's Jarzak just fishing. Jarzak's for... just like, oh no, no, I already took it out. Remember? Well, that's what I'm saying. It takes yeah. the action to fish it. So in the time, no, no, the six no. seconds, I had, it... I had taken it out. Already. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you did do that. <laughs> yeah, this guy already knew I had it, so it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> All right. So initiative time, I suppose. I got a seven. Surprise round. Right? Yeah, you're gonna have the surprise round, all right? Okay, okay. Well, there's a fifteen uh, needed for the check Yeah, I uh, Jarzak had just made enough messes that it, like he knows that Kleeka is not happy with him when that happens. But it's never been a mess that involved Kleeka being messy. So he so we don't know what's gonna it. happen here. He's yeah, just right. like, I don't know if Kleeka's just gonna explode or. <laughs> How He's like, I gotta make a counter mess. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, <laughs> so who got above a 12? I got Me. a 19. Okay, so 19. What'd you get, Ronnie? 16. Okay, so it's gonna go... And I imagine Norhill got a single digit? Uh, no, Norhill actually got a 13. Oh, okay. <laughs> so then it's gonna go Klika, Anton, Norhill, Jarzak, me. Okay, so the surprise round, Jarzak goes first. So go ahead and throw your advantage swing. Okay. Oh man, and this guy's just reeling back, cracking up with his eyes closed, and he's like, <laughs> "Yup, yup." Meanwhile, Kalika's hearing the Kill Bill like, <laughs> <laughs> everything's turning the color of mashed potatoes around here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, twenty-five. Yeah, I think you hit him. Because it's at advantage, right? When? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think it's not sure if she's mashed potatoes at this point. Uh, 11 damage. Yeah, that kills him outright. So you just <sighs> chop him in the neck and he hits the cell behind him and falls to the ground with a thunk. And he falls silent, so I mean... Yeah, uh, click that, you okay? Pyther runs to the cage and says, What are you doing? You shh. He's like, you don't, came here on my behalf and you killed a guy? Don't alarm <laughs> the other guards. What he you- says... Well, get the keys and get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's the plan now, bud, isn't it? He says, will somebody put on his armor and pretend to be an idiot so we can get you, out of here? You are going to do that. That that's is a you. a great idea. Because they've seen all of us. And so with that, he runs over, <laughs> grabs the... I mean, Well, I mean, you haven't let him out of the cage yet, so... I mean, Kleeka cleans the mashed potatoes off her face and then looks and sees this dude, like, pretty much chopped in half. And it's like, did, uh, did Kleeka do that with her mind powers? Because that's happened before. Does everybody say yes? Klika, I think <laughs> you he shouldn't have made a mess on you. And that's on him. Uh... Norhill gets the keys to go let Pyther out like, oh, shot, oh, shot, oh, shot. The decision is made for us. And so with that, yeah, so 
<laughs> they let him out. And Pythor starts a mad dash, and he starts taking the clothes off this guy in a way that looks like he's had to do this at least five times before. <laughs> like, he's good enough at it that it's startling, but not so good that it's, like, on another level. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's just routinely, like, pulls on buttons, unzips and things, tightens things, and, like, pulls things yeah. top behind his back, puts well, on the can... bandana over his head, and he's like, okay, I'm good. What are we doing with the body? Uh, putting it over in your cell in your clothes. He's like, you idiot, they're going to come down here any minute. He says, Cal Gear's going to come to kill me tonight. Yeah, and they'll find out tonight that you're gone. Somebody's going to come down here to give me dinner. Well, we you sure? You, you sure about that? <laughs> well, I mean, they were at least going to come down here to give me mashed potatoes. Since you had to go make it so funny <laughs> to splat them on me. <laughs> so with that, Pyther has him over, he steps back, and he's like, <laughs> wait... Okay, actually, I'm starting to get it now. He's like, that was kind of... Wait, we need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> Wait, yes. Um, hurry along. Yeah, so throw the body in the corner, I guess, in the cell and lock it up. He says, you realize you're the only people who've come down here to see me, right? Yeah, that's fine. What's yeah. your plan we, now? I don't know. I had a plan, but uh, we're going to have to go and work it out. There were only how many other guards? Four that we passed? There's like Five? ten upstairs. Ten? Huh. I wonder if they all fall in half this easily. Why don't Why don't we just... Ch- um, oh, no. Okay. I'm going to prepare Radiance of the Dawn. Is there okay. um, an inner door <laughs> like between us and where the, go- uh, the guards are? I mean, there is the doorway that leads down into this little sub-basement, and that's... Yeah, that's what I mean. Does that... Did did we observe that... Does that door lock? Uh, Yeah, there's a lock on it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, Norhill hands Pyther the keys and says, all right, you're playing the role of the guard. So, when we leave, you lock the door, and then we leave with the keys. That will at least buy us a little bit of time. He's like... Okay, he's like, I'll try to do you one better. And he says, okay, let's go, let's go. So they scoot the body in the cell, cover it in a blanket or something like that to make it look like he's just sleeping under there. Yeah, blood begins say, to quickly pool. I was going to say, if there's like a bed or something, then just put him on the bed under the blankets. And so with that Pyther wearing clothing not fit for him, starts slunking <laughs> to lead you guys out. And he says, all right, well, you guys can come see him again later. But I warn you, he's probably not going to make it to tomorrow. And you see him kind of shiver a little bit under that comment. And he leads you guys out the room. And as you guys all walk out the stairs behind, I mean, yeah, behind him, he closes the little sub-basement door, puts the key in there, and he goes, <clears throat> as he hammers down on it and breaks the key in the lock. And he's like, oopsies, let's go, let's go. And so he starts to lead you out and he says, but next time bring more potatoes. And people up there are like, hey, potato joke. And so with that, he walks you guys out and he's like, Okay, we do not have much time because if they just knock that door down, he says it's a really it's a well reinforced door. We probably got a few hours before somebody like really notices. He says, but like we don't have time. He says, so are you heading over to the house before nightfall or? Yes, we were going to go there to get your ashes, but let's okay. make a break. Oh crap! Our other stuff's at the end. Everybody, act casual. Nothing is wrong. Just start disrobing. <laughs> That's not what that means. Jarzak also put the axe back in his backpack. But wait, wait. Just... Can I make a? I have a plan. Can I go through with my little 
what's you call my alms box and ask for donations for the church. Who? From the guards. I I don't know if this is yeah, there's nobody, a time and nobody, place. Nobody is going to question you right now. Yeah, you guys are already outside. They, you guys walked out with Pyther in disguise, and he pretty much escorted oh, you out. Oh, we got through. We even got yeah. past the guards. Ew. Yeah, you just, I was yeah, like, it looks like he, was, he looks like the guy that like originally let you in. Got it. Okay. And so now you guys are all outside, and he's like, listen, I'm going to go to the house. I'm going to I'm gonna get the tools I need, and I'm going to leave. He says, I'm going to go break into that church. And he says, I'm going to go hang out over there with my tools. Nobody's going to suspect anything with that. I'll go get the stuff I absolutely need, and uh, I don't know. I'll get something that might help you, okay? And so with that, he just runs over to the alchemist shop and leaves you guys kind of in the town square. Where would you like to go? He's getting things that he needs. Let's go recover our gear for the year. Fair enough. We set yeah, up to say one we set up follow a... him. No, he just we say down. we set up a <laughs> secret knock with him so that like if we have to swing by the church, we'll do like a specific knock on the back door and he'll let us in or he'll know it's us. Sure, that sounds perfectly fine to me. Okay, I then we don't have to worry if about it's it. Best if it was so just to clarify for the plan, he was planning on staying in the church at night, so we meet him at night. When He's going there make... right now after he gets oh, stuff. Well, yeah. no, we're just yeah, here, here's it's gonna look a little yeah, weird um, that we take all our stuff out of the end. No, it looks like the timeline is moved up to right now. Yeah. Well, I mean you guys on. you guys could do it at night. If Calgear goes to do his rounds or something like that, he could be out of the house. Or it could be dinner time. Or he could be going to bed kind of early. It's hard to tell. You guys have heard a lot of different stories about what Calgear is up to. So, I mean, busting in in broad daylight might not be a great idea, you know? And so it's yeah, like... but I mean, here's the thing. There's a, there's a corpse in the barracks just waiting to be discovered. Behind a locked, reinforced door. Behind a reinforced door meant to not be able to be busted down. That's also locked with a jammed lock. So yeah. for what it's worth... There is some time before that door gets busted down. But when that door is busted down, it does seem like there's going to be a lot of people going to a very specific location looking for a very specific quartet of people. Yeah, and yeah, Norhill is just assuming that the worst is happening right now. Fair enough. So. so what would we like to do at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> to grab Go our stuff. Go our gear from the inn and meet Pyther at the church. Okay. And so it takes you guys a solid like 15 minutes to grab all the gear and run across town and go back to the church. And once you guys get over to the church, you notice that the back door has not been busted into. And Pyther comes rushing around the corner with a big old Santa Claus sack over his back. And you can hear jingling clinking of metals and glasses. And he runs over and he's like, oh, geez, I wasn't expecting you. I mean, I was expecting you, but all right, out of my way. And so that he starts to pull out a small metal clip out of his pocket and he starts to kind of like bend the ring on it and he goes over to the door and starts picking the lock on it. And within just a few minutes, the door slides open easily and he shoves the door open. And he says, okay, I've only come in here like a couple times since this old priest went missing. He says, but I, we should be okay in here. And so as he starts to walk in, you see him kind of like clean his feet off at the back door and starts to walk in like quietly and casually on the way in. And so as you guys hit in, I mean, this place isn't dirty or anything. It's just, it's been closed, you know, but it's just your typical large altar, a few different rows of like area for sitting and kneeling. And that's 
kind of about it. You can tell that there's like a back room and a basement, and it seems like there's sort of living quarters in here for somebody. But yeah, with that, he starts to set up a makeshift little station in the back corner, and he pulls out a couple of grinding wheels and a couple of small glasses and a couple of different like heaters and things like that to whatever he's going to do with the components. But he kind of does a quick whistle over to you guys once he's got his station set up, and he holds out two glasses in his hands, two little bottles. And he says, listen, he says, okay, I got two things for you. One, he says, I've got a potion of invisibility. He says, I've been saving this for when the inevitable happens. And I think this is the closest to the inevitable it's going to get. And if anything, this is just a sign for you guys that you can trust me. Okay. Okay. Because I would not give you my easy way out. Okay. Unless you had another one. We got it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But I wouldn't do that. So with that, he hands over that one, and then he hands over the small vial, and he says, and this is going to break down the Shendel grip. Okay? Can I do an insight to see if he would actually do that? Yeah, I suppose so. No, he seems trustworthy. What'd you get? An eight. Solid. <laughs> I, okay. Very good. And so with that, he starts setting up his station, and he says, I don't know if you guys plan on getting out of here now, or later, or what have you, he says, but go ahead. Whatever you got to do. We need the shot fire very badly. Indeed, but he's going to be a lot harder to subdue when he's awake, especially if he's got that Shendel grip. I don't mean to sound strange with this, but when he has that thing at his hip, I swear he can hear through walls. He can see through walls. It's almost like having that eye missing does absolutely nothing to impair his perception. It's like the thing can see for him. He says, again, I don't mean to startle you guys, but I wouldn't be a friend if I didn't say, I think he's more Shendel grip than Calgir at this point in his life. That is really bad. So for whatever that's worth. Yeah, you should never let your weapon control you. <laughs> this is a paid ad by the exploit council. <laughs> Well, we've, uh, we've managed to buy ourselves some time before there's a manhunt. And we might be able to lay low here safely. Uh, we might also be able to just talk our way in to see him. Because once, once we get close, it becomes a lot easier. True. But again, I warn you, he can see things and hear things and sense things that I don't think that a normal person could. Which is why we can't talk about this anywhere near his house. That's, uh, that's a just, dangerous house of rooms to build. We just have to trust. Well, if your plan is to go over there and speak with him, then perhaps you should get on with that now before it becomes time for a manhunt. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well, I'll just keep prepping all my stuff. I'll get that alchemical silver ready for you guys. So, why did you he... take off your boots? Or. You said he took he off has respect shoes? for the light. That is why. And so with that, he looks over at um, Kalika, and he looks over at Anton after he makes the comment, and he looks back at Kalika, and he says, look, I'm not saying I believe in any of this stuff, but I am saying I have seen people struck by lightning in the middle of a broad day with no clouds in sight. I've done a lot of bad things to a lot of good people. I try to pump the brakes where I can. Clicka looks down and realizes that she didn't clean off her shoes. 
And he looks down and realizes he's got the equivalent of like an alchemical, like an alchemical meth lab on the floor in the church. And he's like, yeah, well, okay. So anyway, are you going to see him or what? Yeah. How, how, how long about does this, uh, invisibility potion last? He says, I think with the last dose I've gotten here, it should be about 10 minutes to an hour. Some, some, look, I don't remember how much I've used in the past. I think you should be good for about 10 minutes. What do I look like, an alchemist? Uh, yeah, kind of, but I guess I was wrong. Guys, says, this isn't this isn't the guy we need. We can bring him back to jail. He says, that's very funny. Go meet with him. Go. Uh, so... This guy hasn't seen me yet, so I'm not sure if we want to try and keep it that way, but he also might be able to just detect me based off what this guy's saying. So I don't know how much that'll even help. What are we even going to say to him? Uh, how mu- we're done we with know- the prisoner and he can uh, continue the hanging? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a him a ration before we leave, by the way. What if Pyther escaped? Okay. All on his own. No help from him. Might send him off on a wild goose chase someplace else. That'll give us some more time to prepare. Or and go, also explain the body in the barracks. He'll go right to barracks where he should, and the guards will tell him that we saw Pyther already. Well, that's why it's called lying. I think but, the biggest yeah, so... thing we need to figure out is what we're going to say to Calgear. Why are we going to talk to him? Well, that's what they're trying to figure out yeah. right now by saying that it sounded like, I don't know. Okay, uh, what does the manor look like? Like, the second floor, what's that look like? Um, are there any balconies or things like that? No, for what it's worth, it's kind of like, it almost looks kind of like a lunchbox. Like, it's a three-story building that's very rectangular. Um, there's a series of wall around the place with a simple gate leading into it. It doesn't look like it's like too high up that you can't scale the wall or anything like that. Um, but there are windows on the front and on the back side, and the roof slopes uh, to its uh, broader sides on the third floor, kind of leaving almost like this, like, again, like two and a half story looking building. You know what I'm saying? Like the center kind of pokes up a little bit for an attic. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we can just get right in without going through the front pretty easily. Yeah, I would say there's definitely a bunch of entry points. Yeah. And... Yeah, but if you can see through the walls and stuff and tear through them like this, that deceiving him like that is probably going to cause more problems than just lying to him. Well, sure, sure we could just going to speak with him in general. Yeah. Why, why, why are we going to speak to him? What is our goal? That's what he's saying. regarding Glory Week. Well, I mean, we don't actually have to speak with him. All we need is the audience, and then we can just start stabbing. Yeah, that's true as well. As long as they just let us into the manor, we can just start murdering people then, or we can try and get in some some other way. But either way, it ends with us and him in a room doing murder. Sure, but the difference is going into that room with a plan versus going into that room without a plan. Well, as we saw, sometimes not having a plan is okay. Yeah, I mean, I uh, we can go in and I could start lying my butt off 
And as we continue to walk closer and then we do the stabbing. Well, maybe I think what you said earlier, Jarzek does make a good point. He may be able to detect you, but the fact he hasn't possibly met with you directly may be of advantage. Are we going to send him in alone? Well, no, that maybe could be a distraction. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'd rather not go in alone, but yeah. Because, I mean, if he's never met you, but you're hanging out with the three that he does know very explicitly, like, it's going to kind of... Well, I guess two that he knows very explicitly. Well, that's why I was thinking of using the potion. Which one? Oh, he didn't didn't see Klika? I didn't think so. Klika stole the dagger, but I don't think she... Oh, yeah. Yeah, she just hung out in the crowd watching that guy eating mashed potatoes in his pocket. So... Sneaky guys, cheeky guys, you guys, uh... Go in the front door, we go in the back door. Which might not help if he can see through walls. (laughs) Like I said. uh, That's what we want to do, then. That's what we're going to do. I mean, us sneaking in, if he can detect us, is just going to cause more problems than lying to him, as I said. No matter who he is, he may be able to provide us valuable information. We don't know what's happening in Glory Week. We don't know what happened with these dwarves. He yeah, might we, know well, something. We, we can go in and talk to him about Glory Wake and let him know that we're done with talking to the prisoner and he can proceed with his uh, execution. Now, when you say we, do you mean the sneaky versus cheeky team? I, I, don't, I don't think being a sneaky, cheeky team is going to work out well for us. We should so, probably all just go through the front. Okay. All right, so with that, the party approaches the manor and they walk up to the main gate where there are indeed a couple of the guards out front. And as you guys approach, they stop you and say, hey, what are you doing here? We've come to ask for audience of Calgir. So with that, he says, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, you go. Okay, so I just slide the gate open with a creaking noise. And as you guys walk in, you can see that there are flower beds and trimmed hedges right around the sides of the front of the, the house, um, leading you to believe that this place was very well kept by somebody who cared quite a bit. But once you go through the front doors, um, there is uh, what I would say is almost like a butler, but he seems to be a guard who happens to be probably the least bad smelling and the most well to do with his uh, his words and his speech. And as you guys enter, he stops you and he says, can I ask what this is for? The Master Calgir is up in his study reading, and he does not like to be bothered when he's reading. We just need to talk to him about the... About the prisoner? Sorry, about the to... prisoner. We need to discuss about the prisoner and other matters that we've encountered in our travels. He may be of great assistance to us. <laughs> Before I go one step further with this one, who's got those potions? I think Jarzak. Uh, yeah, I think I do. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. Okay. And so with that, wait, um, which one's which? Oh no, I mixed them up in my bag. Gulp, gulp, gulp. <laughs> Your teeth just melt. Um, <laughs> but nothing else. But anyway, um, so as you're saying there, the butlerish guy says for a moment, he says, "And what is this other matter of business you need to speak to him about?" We've that heard of troubling. Cons- that shouldn't concern you. It matters that only he should know of. Says, being a man, 
of well enough health. As much as I enjoy walking up and down the stairs of this humble abode, I must warn you that if I go upstairs and tell him that it's of special matters, he will ask me to inquire about what the special matters are. Please, save me the extra 50 feet of movement. What is it that you wish to speak to him about specifically? Really, I wish to speak of the welfare of Glory Wake. It is my hometown. I have heard that there may be threats on the horizon, and I'm hoping as a town that serves as a gateway of protection that Glory Wake, at least on this side of the map, is in safe hands. Ah. I regret to inform you, but I'm delighted to leave, to have you leave. Uh, he does not care for the matters of Glory Wake, and you are not the first to come by here to ask questions about it. So I might as well just say to him that you're done with the prisoner, and we can probably leave it at that. We've also gained some information from the prisoner that we must discuss with him. Okay, and what is the nature of this business? Uh, again, not for you to know. I'm not so about that, to tell a lowly s- about the information of lords. So that he shifts his weight. Can you roll a persuasion check on that? Yeah. I'll do that instead of a deception, because it is much more of how you're trying to kind of lower his status with it. Uh, soft 20. Okay. And so with that, he shifts his weight and he says, be it as it may. Okay. And so with that, he just takes a few steps up the stairs and he says, well, are you coming or not? I'm going. Yep. With that, he just starts parading up the stairs real quick. And you guys make it up two sets of stairs and there's a large landing up at the top. You guys go around a bend, passing a series of about four windows on the left flank of the house and going down a long series of hallway. You take your first right turn and there's a series of four doors down this hallway. But the first one on your left is apparently the entry to the study. And with that, um, Jarzak, when you go around this bend, you feel this weird moment of like, how do I want to describe this? Um, where are you in the Congo line of people heading up the stairs? Were you first, second? Because I met you kind of took on a level of like... Probably first, unfortunately. So when you make it to the top of the landing of the stairs and start to move around the corner, you feel like a weird tinkling at the back of your neck as if like a daddy long leg is crawling up the back of your neck. And you feel this sort of like cold prickling as your hair is raising on your neck for a moment. And you feel this sort of like cold touch going on in the back as if something is almost like tentacling at the back of your scalp or something like that. And you feel this weird intrusion for just a moment as if something is sensing you. And it's hard to tell exactly what it is, but you all of a sudden feel this like warm rush from the front of your face kind of wash through your head. And you feel almost like your whole head go through like the copier green light for a second. And you feel a vibration in your like prefrontal cord, like right in the smack of your forehead there. And you hear an echo say, something hungers, Jarzak. You must eliminate it. (sighs) And so with that, yeah, the, so let's get going. And so with that, as you start walking closer and closer, you feel that like <clears throat> tentacling again, kind of percolating at the back of your neck, and you hear sort of like this low rumbling giggle in the front of your forehead again. And it says, "It's hungry for your possession, Jarzak. It knows how you desire power. Do not listen to the Shendel grip, and I shall reward you greatly." 
Doesn't doesn't seem like any other weapon would call to me. And he says, do you not feel it? And you feel that percolating at the back of your neck and it says, it seeks a master. Calgir has no power anymore. If, if that if that's what this feeling is, then yes, I feel it. And so as you guys round the corner, like I said to the study, you hear somebody before the steward ever like knocks on the door, you can hear somebody on the other side yell out, come in. And so with that, he kind of like lowers his hand like, uh, and he just opens the door. And before you is a chamber that's about, um, I'd say it's about 20 feet by 30 feet. Uh, with a large desk in the center and a series of bookshelves around all the walls. And seated at the desk is um, Calgir. And he's reclined back with a book laid flat on his chest as if he was mid-reading. And you can see the Schendel grip kind of, his feet are sort of crossed as if his legs are crossed at the desk. And he's got the Schendel grip kind of like locked into it, almost as if it was like on a tripod and is aimed directly at whoever is standing in the doorway. And the guard, the guy who let you in, he just kind of like jumps back for a second. He says, uh, a, a series of four. And he says, yes, I know. They wish to, yes, I know. And with that, the guard kind of like turns a little bit and says, as you wish. And he turns away and starts to walk away and sort of leaves you guys all in the doorway. And Calgir kind of beckons out a little bit from behind the desk and he says, well, come on, are you coming in or not? Apparently I you go have right to the desk. Yeah, Jarzak does like a, a whistle as he walks in and he's like, that's a mighty fine looking crossbow. And yeah. so as anybody starts to approach the desk, he says, stay back there by the door. He says, do not get any closer. Apparently you have information for me and I'd like to hear it and I don't want you anywhere near me. And so as you guys are kind of standing there towards the back of the room with about 20 feet of distance between you and him, he's just sort of kind of like rocking gently back and forth, but you can see the crossbow never budges. And you can see that like, even when his whole body's budging, this thing is like permanently fixated in space in one solid spot. And it's aimed directly at, well, I guess I'd say Jarzak since he's probably towards the center of the whole group here, as well as Anton. But with that, he says, so why don't you tell me what you told him at the door? What is it that apparently only Lords are allowed to hear about? Well, not really Lords, more specifically you. It seems like there was an accomplice who was going to help steal the sapphire in your eye patch. There's another mage around who's potentially coming for you. And he says, and his name is? Uh, one sec. Well, <laughs> I, I was going to give the name of the mage that we've already met. Right, uh, Ortiglare? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And so with that, he says, and he's coming to take my sapphire from my eye patch. Uh, he's going to attempt to. Apparently, he was an accomplice of the alchemist. So we just want to give you fair warning. Is working with the mage Ortglare. Yes. Want to roll for that there, bud? We guess 22. 25. Oh, yeah, look at that. Wow, what a, known. What a way oh, yeah. 
one away from a crit. Look at that. And so he says, and so naturally, you came here to warn me of this? Just so you can be prepared, and your town can be prepared. Ah. We hear he's a strong wizard. He says, do you know why I'm in charge, Jarzak? That is your name, isn't it? Yeah, that was a really good guess. says, because I know when to take an offer that works for me. Okay. So I'm going to offer you this. You all leave. You never come back. You tell Pyther to leave the church. You tell him never to come back. And I'll never pursue you any further than I have to. With that, because apparently this person already knows everything. Oh my Jar- gosh, could you imagine if I had detect thoughts? <laughs> yeah, Jarza, isn't there like a saving roll on that or something? Boy, it's the Jar- fucking intelligent item doing it. I ain't have to defend artifacts. You fuck off. Jarza, Jar- right, your saving throw. Get another 25. Roll it at me. Come on. No, Jarzak's going to full sprint, bonus action sprint if he needs to, to get up there. Is this what we're doing? Yeah, because apparently everything's already known. Plans out the window, and he's gonna try to use his action to pour the potion onto the da- onto the uh, crossbow. Go ahead, and roll your saving throw. Let's see how much I do know. I get the surface thoughts. Intelligence saving throw, yeah. I believe for this one, yeah. Pretty pretty good for Jarzak, but an eleven. Okay. And so we'll just keep things as they lie. And so with that, he says, again, he's, unless you wanted to discharge after he says that, you know, it's a good time to take an offer and all that jazz. Uh, well, yeah, after he says all that, like, Jarzak puts it together that he already knows everything, they're busted, and there's nothing else he can do. Fair enough. Okay. So in that case, we can roll for initiative on that one. Because if he suspected that, you can best believe he's going to suspect this. Oh, jeez. I got solid 20. I, I don't think, but I don't think he'd suspect it until Jarzak thought of it, right? Which his thinking's currently kind of slow. Oh my God, I hate you. I got a 20. What do we got? 18. Six. Ooh. Wait, this is did like Norhill my... beat Jarzak for this once? Is, this is... Oh, Norhill got a one. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Because regardless of what kind of character I want to play, the dice won't let me do it. <laughs> Normal um, be on the uh, initiative with the guard. That's, you know, that, that was the, the first the, the time. The one good number I get to roll for that in this whole campaign, probably. And, and I, I also got a 10. So we're going to go with um, Kyle Gear. Then we're going to do Kalika, right? Then we're going to go to Anton. Then me again. And then Jarzak Norhill. Surprise Wait, round. Why is Jarzak's there a second you? First. Butler probably hasn't even walked away yet. Don't you worry about that, honey. Let me Ah, worry about that. (sighs) And so with that, sensing that you guys are going to run in like that, he just lowers the crossbow on his boot, and he aims it over at Jarzak, and he lets off one single bolt. You know what? Because you were going to run like that, I'll give you the surprise round. I'll give it to Jarzak, since he's the one who sensed it, that he was, you know, sensed, and then we'll say that you were getting it off in the surprise. I'll give you that. <sighs> okay. I don't think you're going to like what's going to happen when you run into the center of the room, but I'll give it to you. So I run on the outer edge of the room in order to <laughs> get to him. <laughs> okay, go ahead. And I pour the potion onto the crossbow. <laughs> okay. 
And so you splash it in the room as you do. Uh, and what happens next is probably one of the most upsetting moments you're going to uh, encounter. Um, the crossbow turns invisible. <laughs> no, you splash it in on the crossbow and you can see Calgir kind of like, like shudder from the splash. And he looks up at you and he says, what on earth are you doing, you fool? You will die in here. And you and notice... I, he already knows my thoughts, so he knows what this potion should be doing, right? Yeah. Okay. And that's the funny part, because absolutely nothing begins to happen. We knew it would take time. Give it a minute. Like, as you hold still with the crossbow in bed, you're like, shit. All right, so... <laughs> uh, was that my full action then, yeah? I would say so. So now you're up in base <laughs> contact with him. That's pretty Work swag. Pour a freaking potion, man. Okay. Uh... Well, okay. So now we go into regular initiative. Right? Nah. Mm-hmm. nah. How far away was he? Boy, he was 30 feet. Or 30 I guess feet? in your case, you moved, so he was 20 feet. Okay, so I'm going to move away. Back. Yeah. <laughs> how far are you moving away? As much as I can. Didn't you use the bonus action to move towards an enemy? Well, you said 30 feet, so... like well, 20 feet, because you guys already moved into the room, so... Do you get the bonus action to move towards an enemy? Isn't that the... Yeah, yeah, that's what I said I used to get in there, so I'll just run back out. I was gonna say, you could use the full speed to get the heck out of the room. Yep, that'd be great. Fair enough. And so with that, you rush... Just, did you guys, it didn't, the guys it didn't work! Just jump jump over some of them to I mean, get out of there. the whole thing happened, we're all <laughs> sitting in this room. We're all standing in this room. Fair enough. I mean, it could take a slow process. It's hard to tell. But um, what happens next is our friend there, Calgear, uh, loads up the crossbow and he fires it in. And since Jarzak ran out of the room, he fires it in on just the next one over and shoots it at Anton. Aww. What's Anton's armor class? Um, it is a 16. Uh, ooh, I did hit. Damn. So with that, a single crossbow bolt comes flying into the room. I mean, out of the crossbow and veers towards Anton. You can tell that this crossbow bolt is one that has a level of hatred to it. Uh, when it plunks into your armor and stabs into you, you can almost feel like something like come through the bolt and like grasp at the flesh within, and it deals a solid nine points of damage as it hits you. Oh no, what the fuck? Oh my god. Yeah, it's not friendly. And so with that, as he says, you should have just taken me up on the offer. He says, I have stronger friends than you could imagine. And with that, from behind the bookshelves in the back of the room by the doors, you see two shadowy figures appear and come out of the smoke. Oh, Yeah. Good time for Jarzak to leave the room. <laughs> yup. So That's that, too spooky. Jarzak's gonna keep running. Yeah, Jarzak just gets to you know start combat with people and then leave. Yeah, and then dip. That feels like kind of the the move for Jarzak. So uh, next up was Cleco, right? I mean, there's a reason his clan lost all its honor. <laughs> <laughs> but he they lost the honor, and he was thirty feet away from that. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't me. Jarzak so. ran up, slapped the chieftain, and then. Sprinted away and watched as all his clanmates got murdered. So now it's Klika? Yeah. Uh, so 
did the two robed general monk monkle dunkles uh are they in base contact with any of us or are we um no yeah they are base contact with the people on the outsides of this so it would be norhill and clica all right uh clica's going to move uh, do i have bonus action disengage i'm pretty sure i do yeah bonus action disengage and head on towards uh the big man okay Kelgear. yeah Kelgear. okay so you dippy roll and run towards him yep all right what do we got are you doing an attack or something uh first she wants to make a perception check on the book he was reading <laughs> okay go ahead <laughs> all right just curious what person like him spends his time with uh that's a nine Okay, so clearly it's written in the common tongue, and it's an interesting design on the front cover with like two lines of, of mirrored text against each other, and they seem to be making like X shapes, and it says double crossing, but it says it twice and like crossing each other. Oh, that's pretty neat. Like, yeah, it would have helped to probably read that first, but. Huh. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Klika's just going to pull Flicker out of her boot and stab him with a booming blade. Okay. And that's the one that if he moves, he takes damage? Yeah. Okay. Uh, does the 13 hit? Uh, 13 does not hit. Okay. Damn. And that's the end of my turn. Okay. And the next up in initiative was Anton. I'm going to cast... And don't you forget that you got those you got those reaction abilities, right? Don't you have the thing, the warding flare? I have so for my reaction, that's only when I'm so the way the reaction works is when I'm attacked by a creature that can be blinded within thirty feet. I can use my reaction to impose disadvantage on an attack roll. Which you could have done when he shot at you. Yeah. I guess, but it wasn't my turn. So what I've been no, able no, no. to do. Reaction works at literally any point in a round uh. of combat. You can just only do it once before, like after you take your turn, it recharges. But yeah, you basically get the one reaction. Reactions can also be used for attacks of opportunity. So sometimes you have to make that difficult choice. But yeah, in this case, I'd probably say you probably want to use it more often than not. But what do you want to do? Child Affinity Radiance to the Dawn. That's what I want to do. Okay. And that's going to, uh, what are you going to do with that? Is that the one that damages everybody who can see it? Yep. Dang. Okay. So, cool. as in, just to go through the rules one more time, I apologize. As an action, to get each channel's divinity and present a holy symbol, dispel any magical darkness within 30 feet. Each hostile creature that doesn't have total cover within 30 feet must take a con saving throw or take 2d10 plus 2 radiant damage. Half damage on a success. You said it was a con save? Yeah. So, they must be a DC of 13. Okay, I got a four, a five, and a six. Good. You're gonna thousand. Hurt. <laughs> Hundred. <laughs> That's right. How much damage did I take? I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, I'll get two ones, bro. Oh, shitty roll. Uh, eleven points. Damn, that, that's not that shitty, though. I mean, for what it's yeah, worth. Yeah, it is. I rolled an 8 and a 1. That's shitty. I mean, that's average for what it's worth. I mean, you cut it in half and be a 4 and a 5, and that's, you know, not, not bad. But anyway. So just um, to decide, the room fills with just a bright flash of light, and I imagine everyone who was an enemy possibly had some form of staggering back. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they definitely seem to be taken aback by you presenting the holy symbol and getting that bright flare there. Um, and then did you want to do something else with your action? Uh, I mean, with your move, your turn? I think I'm going to want to get into like a spot where if I have to heal myself, I can. Cause you mean leave the room or here. do you mean... I'm just like, is there any furniture I can maybe duck behind or something if I have to, like... No, but you're only, like, 10 feet away from the entrance to the room, so you could theoretically just run around the corner, but... um, Yeah, and you're actually in the middle of the group, so you won't take the attack of opportunity for running past. Yeah, I think I'll do that. The question is if Anton wants to run out of the room and leave two people alone in there. Yeah, that's not not something Anton would do. Um, No, I'll just cast Shield of Faith on myself. Is Wait, no, a... I can't do that. Never mind, sorry. Uh, fucker. Um... I think you could, couldn't you? Is it a bonus action? Yeah. I... <laughs> I thought last time this happened, I did what a spell and then a bonus action spell. I couldn't but do it. Your um, general divinity isn't a spell, it's a class feature. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, then I'll just... I'd allow yeah, it. Just shield of faith for now. Okay, so as long as it's just a bonus action for Shield of Faith. Yep, it's one bonus action. Okay, and what does it do? It's concentration up to 10 minutes. I get a plus two AC bonus for the duration of 10 minutes. Cool, okay. So with that, you utter another word after illuminating the room, and you're kind of given the the clerical equivalent of oh shit, and you see the glimmering light kind of stay resilient on your armor and kind of keep to your form. Okay, and so now it goes to initiative 10, and with that, the two shadowy figures begin the beatdown as one of them rushes in on Norhill for a swift kick to the back of the head and gets a solid six on the roll. Six, everybody. And the other one comes in to sweep at um, Anton's feet. And... Uh, is Norhill standing within five feet of Anton? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Yeah, because you're on the other side of it. Okay. And yeah, so with that... So it's going to have disadvantage. On Anton? Yeah. Cool. Very helpful. Okay. Um, and with that, I got on the second one only a 14. I imagine that doesn't hit Anton's armor class. Nope, but I am going to do Warding Flare. Wait, that should be it already that. has disadvantage. Yeah, it already had it. I, already I can't give him roll. double disadvantage? No, oh, you can't give him double disadvantage. <laughs> Not to mention, I already missed, and you're like, and another thing, you ass. But, <laughs> I mean, now you can do it if you want to, as they swing in for their secondaries, as one of them tries to chop in at Norhill's arm. Uh, wait, does Warding Flare only work when it targets you? Um. So, Warding Flare, let me just double check. Oh, no. Sorry. I'm going to start rolling damage already. I imagine, uh, Anthony, I beat you with a 22. Uh, yeah, 18, uh, 22 is higher than 18. I hope so. Make sure my numbers are the same as I left this morning. You take. Four it's po- only for me, Dan. Okay, so you take four points of damage, Anthony. And then if you could be so sweet as to give me a strength saving throw. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's get that proficiency bonus. 15. A 15? Yep. Okay, so you managed to stave off the uh, desire to accidentally throw your shield across the room with a swift uh, strike to the arm. But the other one swings in at Anton at disadvantage, right? Is that only once per turn, or is that... Uh, it's... No, no, not, not you, Anton, uh, with Norhill. Yeah, your protection uh, it uses my reaction, so that's only once. Okay, okay. So if you want, you can use your warding flare. But I'm going to go ahead and throw it already. 
Yeah, yeah it, I only got a I got a 15 on the throw, so he misses on his second strike and on you. And now it goes to the next in the initiative round, which would be uh, Jarzak, who Perfect. is now in the hall. Jarzak's going to peek back in. Uh, I imagine one of the shadow guys is closer to the doorway than... Yeah, within five feet of the doorway. Yeah, so he's going to cast a hex on him. Okay. What does that do? Uh, place a curse on the creature you can see within range until the spell ends. I deal an extra 1d6 necrotic damage to the target whenever I hit with an attack. Okay. And choose one ability. Uh, the target has disadvantage on ability checks made with the chosen ability. I'll go with the con, I guess. I that a, works. Do I need a saving throw for that? No. It just, just automatically takes effect? Yeah. Just cursed. And it's concentration based on you? Yes. Okie dokie. So with that, he's cursed, and I imagine you do some sort of creepy hand gesture, and then he gets kind of wormy for a second, and you see him like grab at his gut, and he's like, Ugh. And then I'm going to swing down with my axe. A uh, nat, nat 20. <laughs> there we go. Roll that doubles. I'm not saying he's bloodied from the flare from earlier, but I will say Anton did do a chunk of damage with that flare from the get-go. 12 damage plus... Okay. Uh, plus... Uh, does uh, my hex damage double too from the crit? No. Okay, plus three. So that kills him. That three is what carried you over, though. I'll say that much. If you literally got two, it wouldn't have killed him. But yeah, no, you just go ahead and do the describing of the kill. Yeah, so, like, Jarzak kind of reaches his hand out towards him, and he, like, grips at his gut, and then he comes down with his axe, and uh, just his axe gets this, like, weird, like, gross slime stuff on it as it chops through him. And so with that, he puffs into a pile of the smoke in the room, and Count Gear yells out from behind his desk, and he says, There are so many more. Do not worry. We are strong in numbers. And your fate is sealed. And now we go to Norhill, unless Jarzak's moving more. Uh, hold on. Uh, yeah. All the excitement of moving. No, no, that's it. Okay. That's it. So Norhill's up. Okay, uh, so Norhill is still standing within five feet of one of the Spooky guys? Yep. Shadowy ninjas gonna it is. I know take a chop at him. Okay, good luck. Actually, can Norhill move into flanking with um, Anton? Um, no, because the one that was attacking Anton was on the other side. So technically this guy, you wouldn't be able to get the flanks on him. Okay. So then Norhill's just going to take a chop from where he is. Good luck. Um, yeah, no, I don't think that uh, eight is going to hit. Nope. Did you want an action point? Action surge? Action surge. Oh. No? No. Okay. He's and so with that, that for someone else. Oh, jeez. Fair enough. So with that, he gets a swift swing in on the guy, and he puffs into smoke, moving to the other position two feet away and reforming outside of Norhill's swing. And now it goes back to the top of the round to Calgear. So Calgear is going to take uh, disadvantage shooting with a crossbow, right? Yes. Because you're standing within base. Yeah. And so with that, I'm going to shoot in at Anton again. And whew, 
Okay, does an 18 hit? Was it 18 your AC now? Yeah. Beats it, beats it. And so with that, another crossbow bolt comes flying off and goes flying across the room to hit Anton. And I deal 13 points of damage as another I'm bolt down. sinks into you. I was going to say, Anton's down. I'm down. I am down. And so with that, he pegs you right in the side of the in the side of the shoulder, and it just shoots you to the wall, and you thump I'm to the ground the with the negative. thump. I'm in the negative. doesn't use negative. I forget how that works in this. Uh, unless um, massive dam, massive damage. I think you have to worry about negative sometimes. Yeah, but we're good on that one. Um, so what you're gonna have to do now is you can start off with your first death saving roll, and oh, in this fuck. one we're just gonna go eleven and above. Oh my god! It even shows it on the little sheet. Oh jeez. Do I have to call out a number or are we just doing the whole... No, you have to do 11. You roll a d20. If you get 11 or higher, it's a success. Okay. Yeah, 13. So that's at least one success as soon as you hit the ground. So it was a good fall. Not a great fall, but a good fall. And so with that, Calgear immediately pulls out a dagger that he has on his hip and he swings in at Kaliko with it. And I got on that one a 24 on the swing. Yeah, that'll do it. I'll do it, I hope. And you take seven points of damage as he stabs in on you. Okay. And that's it for him. As he now is not sitting back in his seat, I'll say that much. I don't think he at this point is lounging and relaxing anymore. And now it goes to Kalika. Yep, just going to make an attack on him with my dagger. Swingity swing swing. Oh, cool. So 13 probably still doesn't hit, right? Yeah. Mm-mm. Two sixes in a row. Nice. Okay. My turn's over. Uh-oh. And that goes to Anton. So go ahead and roll your save. It's a failure. Oh, boy. <laughs> Stacking. Okay. And now it goes to the one shadowy ninja guy. And shadowy ninja guy just keeps trying to duke it out with Nora Hill real quick. So I take my first swing in. And that is a 19 on the hit, right? Good to know that armor is very protective. Yeah. I, mean, I, rolled, a, I rolled a good number on this. And so with that, uh, he deals a total of five points of damage. Could I get a strength saving throw? Norhill is bloodied. Oh, no. Could I get that strength saving throw? Um, 18. Okay. So with that, you managed to keep holding onto your shield again. And with that, this monk tries to go in for a sweep and kick on your legs. And I only do... I only get a 14 on that next roll. Okay, that time. Very good. Deflect it. Now we go to Jarzak. Jarzak, bring us home. Come on, bud. Jarzak's going to use his bonus action and move his hex to... uh, uh, Kelgear or the ninja? Yeah, I'll move move it to Kelgear, and then I'll uh, use my action to give the potion of healing I have to Anton. Okay. Wait. Give it to him as an administer it? Yeah. And you're going to use the action to do that? Okay. Yep. Okay, fair enough. It's a full action to do a potion. Okay, so then... Okay, yep, yep, yep. Okay, so you administer it, and then... Um, uh, I don't have the numbers for how much it heals. Uh, 2d4 plus 4, right? I think it's something like that. Uh, that is 10 points of health back, so, Ronnie, from 0, you get 10 back. Sweet. Um, so now, uh, that's it for Jarzak. And Jarzak's going to move up into base contact with Kelgear. Damn. Okay. 
How about that fucking round? So as you walk through the door, see the puff of smoke guy in Calgear start swinging and stabbing at Kalika. Then you sort of just like shift the focus of the hex and you see him clutch at his gut for a second. He's like, ooh. All of a sudden he's regretting Taco Bell for lunch too. And he's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> and then with that, you quick slap a bottle onto Anton's head and just run across the room over to clear up the space and be flanking with Kalika on the other side of Calgear. And now it goes to Norhill for the end of the round. Okay, uh, so Norhill is going to try to swing at the spooky ninja guy again. I like, I like specifically that he's a spooky ninja guy. Um, but I've only gotten an 11. Damn. No action point? Action search? Norhill is going to use his 25 feet of movement to try to flank with somebody over at Calgear. Those two are actually already flanking as is. I don't know if you want to just join in on that flankage. If I can get the bonus, then yes. If yeah. not, then I'm going to stay where I am. Yeah. Did you? Are you cool with the attack of opportunity from running? Sure. Okay. So I swing in with Ninja Boy, and I got an eight. So you are all set. Okay. <laughs> As so you just like do a fake out swing, you're like, and just run for it. Just so <laughs> Norhill is going to use his bonus action to uh, second wind. Okay. And do the quick heal. Radical. Hmm? Radical. Uh, so let's see. Uh, that is a D10 plus my level. Okay. And it sticks back. Radical. And now we go back to the top oh, of the round. I'm going to action surge against him to make Oh, it okay. Managed. Well, swag. Okay, there you go. I was kinda wondering how you how you managed to defend run across the You've got to be kidding me with only a ten. Oh, I was hoping that was a crit. <laughs> you threw your hands up and I'm like, ah? I'm like in frustration. I don't think that I like this character. Nobody can be frustrated at Nora Hill. Come on. He's our rock. He is the hard place. Um, and so with that, uh, goes back to the top of the round with Calgear. And he sort of tries to kind of stand himself up. And, and uh, at this point, he's going to try to disengage and run across the room and run over by the ninja guy. And that's his whole move. He just runs over to stand next to the ninja with the crossbow at the ready. And now it goes to Klika. All right, Klika. Moves over to him and stabs at him. But he moved past all of us. We were surrounded. He disengaged. Though. And with a nat one, I get an eight on my roll. So that's my turn again. Oh, my God. This is such a painful <laughs> It's just like I haven't rolled above a six yet. So I don't think Norhill has either. But, you know, it, we, we, have our, we have our moments with it. Um, but now it goes to Anton, right? Yeah, quick question. Other than oh, hold me. on. Anton was near them, right? Because yeah. he got down and didn't move. Can I move in a way that I'm flanking with Anton, who's mostly just recovering? Oh, that's right. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Anton was in the middle of the room. So technically, yeah, you could be standing in a way that you'd be able to flank with Anton because he's basically dead in the doorway. So you okay, could kind of triangulate does that. Does 18 hit? Where did 18 come from? Oh, because the advantage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you, and that would only hit on Calgear. Yeah, that's fine. I hope so. I was hoping that would be fine for you. Go ahead. What and, we got? Yeah, so that's six damage, and he's booming bladed. He's sheathed in it in magical mum mum mummas. Wum <laughs> wums. Okay. Yeah. So he looks bloodied at this point, and he starts to lift the crossbow up again. Um, and you can tell all of a sudden that there seems to be like a snapple, snackling and a, like a crackling on the uh, grip on the uh, crossbow as he goes to pull it back again. 
Now, mind you, when Jarzak splashed it, it was water. It was just water. That's all you guys smelled, unless there's some alchemical thing that's just beyond the senses. It was basically just a glass of cold water, right? To the point you almost saw dirt in it from the fucking stream. But anywho, now it goes to Anton, who's laying on the ground, threatening everybody. If I'm in range, can I do a burning hands on... Fuck it, I can do a burning hands on Ninja, get him out of the way. Yeah, you'll be able to hit both the ninja and Calgear because if it's oh grab at them like you fucking tried to kill me. <laughs> says, Whoa, says the good okay. priest. Freaking like really You tell me you don't give a, a crap of my hometown. You're really bad people. I don't like you, and you just tried to kill me. I'm really upset. Okay, well, I got an eleven and I got a seven, so I don't think that I managed to stave off what I imagine is a deck saving throw. Yeah, it's a dex of a thirteen. So go ahead and pilot light. So. Would the damage then be split because I'm hitting them both? No, it's one damage for both of them. Okay, one second. Kind of like you do with your divinity thing. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. One second. That's uh, 15 foot cone of fire. They yeah. missed. I mean, uh, hit both of them. A creature takes... <laughs> the fire ignites anything flammable, so... So basically the walls yeah. and everything behind it. Okay. Oh no, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna burn down another house while we're- The still. fancy house, no! We could be <laughs> staying here! 13? 13 damage? Yeah. So Calgear's dead and the ninja's dead. Ah! Hellfire, damn it! That's I, the light! That's what you never get! That's what you get! So, laying bloodied on the floor after being healed by Jarzak, Anton rolls over, lifting the little lantern insignia, the little the little lamp there of the Illuminator. All of a sudden, a, a huge gush of fire comes fluttering out. And luckily, Klika, standing in the flanking position, was just the one spot away from the, the cone of fire. So, that would have been a pretty sweet end to Klika, too. But, yeah, no, both of them just get incinerated. You see black smoke roll out from behind the flame, and Calgear just takes a dive to the ground, and you sense the funk as they fall down, but the books start to catch on fire on the bookshelves behind them. So what do you guys want to do now? It's not like like a smoldering conflagration. It's just like they're on fire. You know what I mean? Warhill's going to try to go snuff out the fires. Jarzak's going to move his hex to the crossbow and hit it with his axe. Well, one thing I will say is that the crossbow at this point is just snapping and crackling too, so it's it's just like it is engulfed, but you want to still toss that yeah. axe? Okay, so yeah, you throw it over, and I'll just say, that, I mean, you hit it, and the thing just splinters and shatters, and you hear an audible scream come out of the, out of the uh, crossbow as it does, and you feel some sensation in the back of your head as you feel that like tentacle grip kind of go away and you feel the warmth in your forehead back again and it says you are learning well Jarzak obey and follow my commands and you will go far and with that you sense like this weird gush of wind come from the doorway and it starts to go over where Norhill is and as he's beating at the books to put out the fire the gust of wind comes in and just and just blows all of the fire out with one quick snuff. And pretty much everybody just looks over at Jarzak, and, I don't know, the fires are out. But there is a dead guy on the ground with a certain eye patch. I'm going to grab it as I get to my feet. 
So does as he you, have anything under the eye patch? Like, does he have an eye or is it an empty No, socket? there's just a caved empty socket. But as you pick it up, the eye patch is burnt and tattered. And as you pick it up and like pull it off, the gemstones that are on it like fall to the ground, the little topaz that are like around the outside of it. And the big sapphire falls out. And as you like drop it to the ground, the thing shatters. And you recognize very quickly that that was not a sapphire at all. And that must have been glass. And it seems like somebody may have gotten to that sapphire before you guys. And... We were pilfered by the... <laughs> that poop pants pilfering piece of shit! <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're going to end it. Hey everybody, it's the Young Grognar here. I want to say thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you have anything you'd like to tell me, any questions or concerns, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. As always, keep it real, and more importantly, keep it dungeonous. Thanks. <laughs>